This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. This is the Running Channel podcast with two lazy bones over here, Sarah Hartley, who's not running a marathon. Ha! Rick Kelsey, not running a marathon. And me, Andy Badley, who next week is going to be running my first ever marathon. So today's episode is all about all of the advice that I've been given, the advice that you've sent me and also that these guys have been giving me. And also, I guess my plans for the marathon and how my training's been going. So one week to go, let's get stuck in. It's all about you. It is, isn't it? Lazy bones. We've been lazy all our life. You've been lazy for the last, how many years? Uh, 41. 10. Oh. oh, no, let's go with yours. One of those. Somewhere let's get into it. Lazy bones. <laughs> Do you know? Right, look, we're not going to touch on this because there is a whole other episode which exactly. probably explains probably why the best. we're looking a bit tired. But me and Rick put in a solid shift running yeah. home for Christmas. We'll come on to this a little a bit lot, later. A lot yes. more than you're yeah. about to run. Yeah. Sarah and I individually run. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations. Well, yeah. well done. I'm very proud. Well, uh, well, and, and I just wanted to see Well, living in the in. back of a van. Normally, Sarah yeah. writes these introductions, but I just thought I'd go a bit off script there and I could see you both looking very cross at me. So <sighs> I'll I, tell you what, I'm writing it again next week. never been called lazy by him before. No. This is a man, this is a man who'll get a lift up two steps. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you've got to, got to protect your legs for what's coming up. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. No, we, we have done something really exciting. So I think in the news section, we'll touch on that a mm. little bit. Uh, but today's episode is all about taking on a marathon. And so I've had lots of amazing advice. You guys in the last few years have been given advice as well and I've experienced it. And then I'm hoping that I can see which one of these actually work out for me. Uh, but yeah, I'm running a marathon next week. I'm absolutely terrified. Uh, we've touched on it a few weeks ago that I'd had a real crisis of confidence after one of my longest yeah. runs. Um, and that was that, that then I sort of felt like I'd clawed it back uh, yeah. by not focusing so much on, on the pace. But as it gets closer, I can't help but think about like the paces I've got to run. Shall we start there then? How are you feeling? Do you feel ready? Were you expecting to feel like this? Oh, that's three questions. How am I feeling? Um, worried and excited, probably mm-hmm. in equal measure. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to get out there. Um, and, I, and I'm hoping that you know, I used to have this experience, but only for three or four minutes, that how much the kind of excitement of race day adds. Like you always feel, I would always feel terrible in the build-up in training. Yeah. I'd be running... 200 meter efforts at the pace that I needed to run for a mile so mm. eight of them um and be like oh my god this is this is flat out this is literally as hard as I can go how can I possibly do this for eight times as far um and I know that that's how I'm going to feel throughout this week as I do my like last few taper runs yeah um so I'm sort of at least I've had that experience um I, but then I'm excited for the lift that I'll get on race day to, to like ultimately get me through it. I and the weather looks good, Andy. Yeah. Don't forget. Do you remember, yeah. remember what I told you about the highs and lows at this yeah. time of year in Valencia? Yeah, you did. Do you remember? No. 12 to 17, I think. Very 15, good. 17, yeah. Very 12 to 17. Good. Lovely. It's, it's, all, it's all filed away so in it, here. It looks like you're going to be Google. running in, in, you know, 
16, 15, 16 degrees uh, yeah. when the race starts, which yeah. is which is a nice temperature to run a marathon in. Yeah, I'm going gonna go for a vest and arm warmers. That's my plan at the moment. Vest and, and arm sleeves. Watch out! You're gonna see Andy Badley's shoulders. Yeah, I know. Whoop it's, whoop. it's a. They've been, been out for a while. Bit of a problem because uh, because um, my uh, biceps are so puny that, right, that yeah. I need to get. Arm and the arm warmer's gonna fall arm, down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I need I need to get some. Uh, you know, like people back in the day when mm. they, my dad had them. Uh, maybe people still use them. The, the clips for bicycles, where if your trousers are a bit baggy, you oh, can yes, get a bicycle yeah, yeah, clip. Yeah. Do you need that for the top of I your do. I do. Well, no, I've got a pair, but like, it's attach them to your ears. It's a trade-off. <laughs> yeah, like I need um, I need arm warmer suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can get sock suspenders. I think you know. I don't um, think you're going to need them. I think it's going to be warmer than you think. Yeah, yeah well, I, I need to prepare for all eventualities. That's that's the main piece. of I tell you what, I am like, excited for the bit of video where it's Andy just riffing off the arm warmers. Yeah, I might have yeah. to get them off. So I've either got to go for some. That are loose that they'll fall down or so tight that they're going to cut circulation off of my elbows so um <laughs> are we going to stick together sarah to watch him or are we going to go to different places well so are you bother, going to bother being out on the course i thought you were just going to be like sat back uh, in the suite gabby o'clock <laughs> yeah <laughs> 8am i think it's an early start yeah so i is it 8am start yeah i think i think my wave is is some time between 8 and 8 30 yeah so I've been doing a bit wow. of a plan because I Rick gets a holiday. I have to produce the video. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and for and anyone, we haven't even said it, but for anyone late to the party, this is Valencia Marathon. That yes. I'm running, so. Yeah, Valencia Marathon. The course is really good mm. from a filming perspective. Oh, okay. so a little bit of behind the scenes here. So it is myself... Freddie is filming with you, so he's out on the course. Yes. He's just casually running a marathon at your pace film. and film. Yeah. And he'll probably get water and stuff. So we've got GoPro footage of you going the whole way around. Yeah. Then me and Tom, it's my job to make sure that Tom can get to all the different points in the race. So I've been having a look and currently my plan is that in Valencia, they have those little like electric scooters. Yes. Or, oh, so much fun. We need yeah, to kill like ourselves on those in electric, Budapest. Yeah. Well, yeah, they seemed, I mean... They've taken would the speed limits off in Budapest. It would actually be really yeah. great if like in Budapest, they don't have the same speed limits as in London because <laughs> yeah. some of the timings are quite tight. But yeah. essentially, hopefully it's easy to get out of the start finish area. And then our plan is to come at like 5k, 8k, 13k, 26k, 32k, Oh my gosh, that is a lot of viewing points. And 40. That's exciting. Because it goes all around. And you go around the old town. It's a really nice course. I'll see you at one and... Yeah, and then my plan was to leave Rick at the start. 26.2 <laughs> I don't have a good history. It's too much of a liability. <laughs> I, don't I don't have a good, a good history. At university, we did the same, uh, the Oxford versus Cambridge varsity match, cross country, mm -hmm. 12K on Wimbledon Common. Same course every year that I did for four years. Actually, I did it, and you used to do a practice race a few weeks before as well. So I'd done that course about eight times. And it was only about the seventh or eighth time where someone had said to me, he's like, oh yeah, you know... Like the, every year they'd be like, oh, I was supporting at the windmill. I was like, what windmill? Every year. And the last year was the first time I'd seen the windmill. <laughs> I ran past it. Oh, oh really? Well, yeah, don't so worry. So I don't have a good history of, of taking mean, in my surroundings. I you are wearing, your shoes are quite bright, but I'm pretty sure you're wearing head to toe black, everything else. Yeah, we're going to dress Freddie up really bright so he can spot us. Oh yeah, Freddie's in neon. Yeah, fine. Yeah. We'll spot um, you. It'll be fine. Tom's great at that. He's never missed a finish line. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's a little dig at Tom, isn't it? Sorry. He has missed a few finish Sorry, lines Tom. in his time. Yeah. So... Let's go back to marathon advice because yeah. hopefully someone watching this could, could take advice from it as well. I've had lots of advice about things that might seem trivial, but short selection. Um, one, chafing. Oh and yeah, that's that's important. So, I, but I've been practicing it in my, in my um, I've been practicing in my race day shorts, two inches, and, and race day underpants. Are you taking yeah. a phone out with you? No, no. Interesting. 
I've got no, I, I, no way. Because that's the thing as well is like, not only choose your race day kit, mm. fill the kit to the same extent that it's going to be. Because I made the mistake with Berlin. I chose my shorts, had worn my shorts, put chafing stuff all where I usually get chafing. Then on the day, put my phone in the side pocket and oh. for the first time ever, got chafing of my phone. Really because bouncing. of your phone. Yeah, and literally yeah. I still have a scar from yeah. it. Made I a don't, hole in I my don't ever run with my phone and I'm not planning on doing it. It's way too heavy. Um for my shorts and and like hey every gram is going to help me every out gram matters, yeah <laughs> uh, but no yeah. so i've got i've got a pair of shorts that got a zip pocket on the back and then two sort of side pockets mm-hmm. increasingly this is like this didn't used to exist i don't think 10 years ago and no. there's a lot a lot of shorts that you can get now with different pouches for gels and stuff like that so i can get um i think i'm going to take six gels with me so two of them in each of those pockets that I mentioned. So I'm nicely balanced. Um, Love it. Even weight distribution. Yeah, exactly. Every 22 grams helps or whatever, however, however they are. Um, you you love this. You're all over this. Most people are like, oh, marathon admin. Andy's like, oh, <laughs> bit of engineering. Just, yeah. Right in there. It distracts me, as does pace calculations. So yeah, um, so yeah short. I have had a lot of people email into the podcast. So thank you very much for emailing into podcast.therunningchannel.com because I'd had some problems with my hydration. I've suggested actually carrying my own soft flasks. There's loads of people that suggested this where I think when you're one, that the cups on the course are difficult to drink from. Yeah. Um, and two, you can forget or miss them and whatever. And then you know, three, you've got complete control of when you can drink if you're taking your own soft flax. My plan at the moment is not to take them. So um, what, what are those? Is that the backpack? If that goes wrong, Andy, well, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people watching and well, listening to this who are going to say, I told you so. I wonder what people would say to this because I want to have the, the real... Uh, marathon experience like everybody else mm-hmm. a bit different because I've got someone running with me filming with me yeah. and it's really tempting for me to he'll have a little pack on to hold the batteries and stuff so I could ask Freddie to carry a couple of soft flasks I feel for like me. that's cheating well yeah I sort of <laughs> but it would make it would help me right and, mm. and I don't know whether I'd feel like well, yeah, I might get it's not it's not not very relatable right everyone else doesn't get the, the, the elites get their bottles they've got to pick up off the tables but yeah I, don't, thing, I don't think you should do that mate yeah okay. the only thing I I not to add more concern to you but oh, the only thing that I'd be worrying about is personally I don't know whether I've never had cramp in a race situation. Yeah. I don't know, mm. but I know Mo did. And when he ran his sub three hour earlier this year, his paces were like helping him get water, but also each pacer carried uh, some salt tablets yeah. just as like a, just in case that's like I a quick I think a tablet fits. is different to carrying a backpack full of liquid. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm probably, on, I'm not going to take salt tablets because I, I've never t- tried them before and I've sort of run Fair. out of long runs to do that in. So mm. I'm not going to do anything new. Nothing new on race day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I need to make sure I drink regularly. I just wanted to pass that on. That I, I think there are some shorts that almost have bigger waistbands that come up quite high. 360 degree pockets. Yes. And, yeah. and, and those are things where you can fit soft flasks in. Magic like pants. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because you've got to also, I know loads of people now would might train in like what, what I'd consider to be an ultra running, ultra running vest. Okay. Yeah. And they'd pop their soft flasks in the front there of water and so on. But you do need to be aware a lot of major marathons won't let you wear one. Oh, that was security heartbreaking on Chicago Marathon Day. Yeah. Lining up, me and Tom knew, so we yeah. didn't have them. But yeah. the amount of people that had them and were getting turned away. Yeah, and actually I saw there was a news story about it, wasn't there? Because there was a, uh, a lady, I think it was in New York, and mm. she has a stoma. So she that's like the the bag that you might have have, have if you've got Crohn's disease or, or whatever. If you Yeah, to, um, yeah a stoma bag where you've got to take it everywhere with you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And the only way that she can run is with a, a pack to hold her stoma, I guess. And, and she um, searched. Well, no, she, she. I don't think she made the decision to race in the end. I can't remember the outcome. Oh, because um, they tried to take it off her. Well, no, because she knew that it was banned, and she'd sort of. It was, uh, it was very clear that 
you wouldn't get through security checkpoints like you were saying in Chicago. Yeah. I understand, you know, obviously you've got horrible things that happened uh, at various, from a security perspective at you know, Boston all those years ago. So mm. I do get it. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm planning on carrying everything I can on me, no phone. Uh, I'll have my watch um, where I'll be doing the maths on my pacing. Ooh, are you going to set up pacing on your watch or are you going to do the maths? Are you going to write it on your arm? So the time... You're going to take a pencil with you? Uh, my, 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 it's not very easy to write in pencil, is it? <laughs> um, the, Paper? The, Freddie, one sec. Just need to yeah, yeah, do some calculations. I'm just going to pull out the clipboard and the, uh, and the pacing chart. Right, I just now need to by my calculations, we are. Um, I'm in two minds. So this is one to be decided. But I, I, um, I like doing the maths, but I know that from 30k plus or 32k plus when I go into the unknown, then I'm going to be really struggling to to compute things. Hmm. My pacing target time, not to give anything away, is um, is nice round numbers, relatively speaking. So uh, so in theory, I it should be relatively straightforward, but yeah. um, it ever works the, out. The, the one to watch goes funny after 30 kilometers. Also yeah. one to watch out for is that uh, just because you will be weaving, yeah. you need to do the maths from when you- When across the course K markers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that, then, if you're, so then if you're looking at your watch, I'm rubbish at maths. So past like 7K mm, yeah. in a marathon, I'm not any use yeah. to myself. Well, I have it set so that my average pace for the whole run so far pops oh, up every clever. time every time it auto laps. Yeah. So then I'll know what, what average pace I am on roughly. And then I'll be able to gauge based on the K markers that I go past as got to it. how far. So that, but that is a good tip is, is um, one of the other tips that I've been given and we've spoken about in the podcast is GPS drift and also not being able to follow the racing line mm. um, and, and other factors could mean that my watch could beep and say 5k and then 200 meters later i could actually run through five it's painful i think it's always is... under it's always yeah. the watch which is under compared to the k yeah, markers. yeah yeah and you, then you're just like right i could probably get from here to there in like 10 seconds and then you look down and you're like oh that was 25 <laughs> yeah. oh no so one thing i would I'm say though that is the best thing ever at the expo is that the chicago expo you could get a temporary tattoo of like over your time of yeah. your time so at the expo people had like on their whole forearm they had like sub 330 yeah. and then that had all of the either like mile or 5k splits all the way down yeah. and then i was joking with someone i was like if you get that are you gonna get that for real tattooed yeah that would just freak me out and you can't get like wristbands as well so i think timing is, is something that, so we've talked about kind of nutrition and, and then packing my getting all, all my stuff on I, I also um getting my stuff into my shorts for example mm-hmm. um then i'm going to be mic'd up which is a slightly unusual situation that most Marathon runners don't have to deal with. Um, Tom was worrying about me wearing a vest and how easy that's going to be, but we'll work it out. Um, and then I need to have enough kit on that I can take off on the start line because it's going to yeah. be cold. I'm not quite sure how long we're going to be held there for. So all of this stuff is is the scary unknowns. Um, so much happening. And then we've talked about maranoia before on the on the podcast. You mentioned it to me, and I definitely feel more conscious of the different aches and pains in my body at the moment. Mine and Rick's good friend, Ben, who uh, we've mentioned, mentioned a few times. He gets a lot of shout outs on the podcast. Does, so he's lucky. I, I hope hey, everyone else ben. doesn't feel... Um, doesn't, we um, should get Ben on. Yes, we should. I think we should. He, he has sent it in a question as well. It just hasn't quite made it through yet, through the uh, producer's scrutiny. Maybe it's too rude. But he sent to me the other day, he said, I meant what I say yesterday. We've been exchanging messages before and after my runs and stuff like that um, uh, about niggles. Ignore them. It's your brain playing tricks on your body. Drink lots of water, gels every 25 to 30 minutes, embrace the atmosphere. And then after 32K, or <laughs> he, he uses a, an expletive, or whenever 
you start to feel not very good. Let's say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says, don't feel ashamed about chucking earpods in with your most epic tunes. Um, so that was his like little little pep talk almost that like he's experienced it because he did his first yeah. marathon a month or so ago. Just don't forget about recording the content. Andrew. Yeah, I need to say that. Since we talked about the headphones. Most important thing. Are you going to let me wear headphones? No. So I've got to no. just be like totally present. You can have one in. I just okay. personally find if I've taken headphones in a marathon, you're not only thinking about your race, but in our weird world, you're also thinking about filming. Yeah. So, no. Oh, I, 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 but Andy, but I also think will... headphones in a marathon really ruin the marathon experience, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I, I, think... I, I know what Ben's talking about there when he talks about, you know, if you're really down at the end and like, you know, if you've ever run London, you get to that point near the end where you run through an underground tunnel for about a mile and you're thinking, right, I need to pick me up here because this is a low point. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, because this is your first, you will have so many people cheering you on and Sarah's going to be somehow in 42 different places uh, on the course at 42 different <laughs> yeah, times. I'll just, I'll just scream so at you. She, I'll but, sing at yeah. you. Well, you're going to have so much support and mm. you're going to be buzzing and you wanna go, you're going to want to take it in. So I, I, I would say to anyone, to be honest with you, to, to be clear of headphones. Yeah. Okay, so... I then we're talking about that point where you might realize you need to pick me up. Mm -hmm. That's 32k is going to be the longest I've run. So I know the last 10k is completely unknown territory for me. And that's, that's the thing that terrifies me. You've said to me before, 30k is halfway. Yeah. So that's scary. Yeah. I know it's not mathematically halfway, but in terms of uh, mentally and physically, how it's going to feel. I think that's the moment where you, that's the moment that I both love and hate because it is the moment in a marathon where you learn the most about yourself. Mm. So it's like, that I is- I don't want to learn anything about myself. <laughs> I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable not know knowing that. what happens in that situation. No, but I think it's, I think in that moment you need to find, like you've got time now, you're running mm. less, you've got a little bit more time before mm. you get to race day. This is yeah, the time- It's too much time to think about it, that's the problem. But this is the time where you go like, okay, in that moment, what's the song that I would want to listen to? Mm. And just forcing yourself to sing it in your head, that means that you have to be remembering lyrics. That will take your mind off it. Sing it aloud. People will do so. that. We'll just try. We won't film it. It won't, no, get, it won't make the cut. Filming everything. Yeah, it probably won't get put in. But then also that's the point where mantras are the yeah. most important or like just have a look around at that moment and see if there's anyone around you who's running for charity yeah. or like any signs that you can cling on to. But the, for, yeah, for me, when it gets hard, that is the, that's when um, I put Kelly Clarkson's breakaway on in my head. I don't know how that goes. How's that go, Sarah? Sarah the has one where a, it's like we actually it's really we this, high. Just before you sing it, I'll mm -hmm. let you get it, get it get it back, and then I'm going to ask you to sing it. Brilliant. Everyone needs to remember that Sarah Hartley is a trained a cappella singer, um, and there is video a trained a cappella singer. Yeah, as in look, she sings used, without music. So yeah, look, yeah, I she, used to do a cappella. Isn't that just a singer? Oh, oh no, but I, what, I, I'm, what I'm trying to do yeah, Rick, is make the point. I want I want to make the point here that everybody who's listening and watching could go and search out. Sarah Hartley at Birmingham University's Acapella Society. Brilliant. Definitely evidence on YouTube to Excellent. go and watch this. So check it out. Look, the Kelly Clarkson song. <laughs> <laughs> Just look up Breakaway. If Kelly you want Clarkson. one other YouTube channel in I your life. I my wings and I learn how to fly. Oh yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. Do you know that, that was half-hearted, but yes. Yeah, yeah. So she has got a, a lovely so, voice. I'm not sure that was so the best. That, that's what kicks in for you in the low moments. Yeah. For, for me, it's going to have to be chunking because I, I have already experienced the, I know it's not singing, but in the, the long run, I really alternated even in the space of a few hundred meters from like, oh my God, I can't finish mm -hmm. to I feel good again. <laughs> um, and then back great. again and then back yeah. again, like yo-yo. Yeah. Um, so if I, if I was focused on 
running another five or 10K, that would have been really difficult. But I was just like, I'm going to get to that lamppost. I'm going to get to that corner. Um, I'm going to get to that person with that sign. Um, I'm going to try and keep it with this person in front of me. Um, those those are the things that I'm hoping I can cling on to and can switch back into that kind of um, one step at a time, one kilometer at a time, 100 meters at a time mm-hmm. mentality and then just keep ticking it off. You'll get there. You'll yeah. get there. And then what are your immediate plans for after? I've got to record a podcast with you guys where you're going to give me, the. we're going to have the full unadulterated possibly with swearing i don't know we'll try and bleep it out because i'll be so unable to make a coherent sentence don't I worry on now just well you about might it. feel amazing yeah elated i'm hoping i'm going to feel you elated. might feel amazing yeah, yeah maybe do you know what the, 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 this i think this week is actually going to be you'll probably look back and this might be the hardest because i just remember the week before running london i was just worried about knocking my knee on a desk i was oh, yeah, worried yeah. about smash like, my knee tweak, on the, tweaking, the tweaking a twist going down the stairs yeah. you know i was worried about oh what's that pain in my head and then i got a dodgy stomach two nights before and i was like oh my god this is just awful it, yeah. I, I think in some ways the week before and actually remember andy when you get there on, on the start line on sunday it is sunday isn't it yes yeah. good uh, you know. yeah <laughs> didn't know what time <laughs> it started the temperature's gonna be that's I know what the temperature's gonna be i'm glad i bought the right flight um you know <laughs> when you get there you've done all the hard work mate when you get there on yeah. sunday and i know mm-hmm. this is a first for you but you've run olympic finals you've delivered in the top highest physical peak condition that you've had to do before in your life you're there you're trained you're ready you're focused and sarah and i believe that on the day you can do it. Just put your back into it. And in the nicest possible <laughs> way, in my head. we're probably going to ignore you now until race day because you're going to be a nightmare. Okay. You are going to be a nightmare. That's fair. I'll, I'll yeah. ignore you until we turn up on a flight and then Rick and I both berate you because we're traveling with you, which no. means we'll be delayed which by the whole day. Or we'll have to Rick get have... three different flights to go to one location. Don't you worry. I'm on a separate flight, separate seat. Don't want to be anywhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You and your arm private, sleeves private can have all the room yeah. that you want. Right. Well, best of luck, Andy. Thank you. And now it's time to go on to news and questions. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now at The Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. News time then. What a week it's been. Flipping X, Sarah. Oh I mean, we're not going to touch too much this week, yes. but um, 360 kilometres. <laughs> it's a bit more running channel news this week. We, we, along with the other running channel presenters, ran from what you're looking at right now, if you're watching the podcast, the running channel office in London, all the way up to Rick's mum's house in Liverpool. What no, no, the Wirral. The oh, Wirral. The the really important. That is kind of Liverpool though, a, isn't it? It's, oh, re- it's, a, it's a different geographical and political area. Right. <laughs> also, also, it's worth saying it's not. I know you didn't say it there, but all even even when they report on the news about the Wirral, they will everyone will say in the Wirral, but it's on the on the Wirral. Just, on the Wirral, it's a very cl- very clear distinction. You but, would have thought by now that I would know this, having run there, but yeah. uh, no, managed to block <laughs> all of this out all the way but to the Paradise Peninsula. It yeah. was absolutely heartbreaking yeah, I mean, <laughs> to cover that distance but it was incredible we filmed the whole thing so it's as a relay all the presenters yeah, yeah. so yeah it started my shoulder's off- still numb from sleeping in the back of a car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was 
yeah, it was, I think, one of the hardest things we've ever done yeah. as a channel, uh, but also one of the most rewarding. And it's going to make an absolutely incredible video. And you know what else is going to make an incredible video? Our tired little selves trying to record a podcast afterwards. So you got that to look forward to next week. Yeah. yeah. And then the Valencia Marathon debrief will be the following week. Yeah. It's um, all go. It yeah, is all go. It's it's crazy. And, and we all you need to do, like the reason we're doing it is we're raising money for charity um, and awareness. We're also trying to get as many people as possible around the world just to go out and run in December. Mm -hmm. um, so we were running home for Christmas. You could choose to do that, running home for Christmas, or you could just choose to run as much as you can in December. Pledge your miles to us by joining us. It's completely free. You just head to uh, runninghomeforchristmas.com um, or you'll be able to find it on the Running Channel website as well. Um, and that gives you all of the details you need. We're not asking you to, to pay us anything, anything like that. And if you do sign up, then you get a chance to win these amazing prizes as yeah. well. Just yeah, just tell us your miles. Tell us your miles. so exciting is that last year on Christmas Day, we hit 500,000 kilometers. That was our kind of mm. big target for yeah. last year. Anna ran home for Christmas last year. This year... We've upped the ante, we've upped the mileage or kilometerage. We're aiming for a million, one yeah. million kilometers. So run by if, the running channel community all around the world. Yeah, so we need you because yeah. we've already run yeah. quite a long way and that was in November, so it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's stupid. a stupid idea, but yeah. now we need you. So please go and sign up. If you run, every single kilometer will go into that totalizer. If you want to raise money as well, 10 one pound equals 10 kilometers. So literally every yeah. little helps. Please help us raise this target. And along the way, you can win some incredible prizes. So go to runninghomeforchristmas.com, check out what they are. Grand prize is a is a very good, cool marathon. Yeah, a VIP trip to Amsterdam Marathon. I think we can say that. Mm. Mm. Very, I mean, very exciting. I just never realized how many canals and fields there were in Great Britain. Yeah, that tell was my you big what, problem. Going, I just wanted to stop and look at them all. Going, <laughs> yeah, that's why it took us 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're still here in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually 2025 now. Yeah. We'd, we'd like to Very hear about if you want, want to get involved in any way, big or small, let us know. Podcast at therunningchannel.com or in touch with us on DMs on any of the Running Channel social media platforms. And we would love to hear. We'll share it. We'll talk about it on here. This is for everybody. So Yes, yeah. I think actually let's do a list of shout outs of people. Yeah. Like if you are doing any any distance let us know we've already had one person andrew who was in a video that we did last year at berlin marathon he did his own running home for christmas and it was incredible so well done let us know if you're planning to do it podcast at the running channel.com running home for christmas.com they're doing things you need to remember now on to your questions kicking off with jessica from dallas i've got a question about the different types of super shoes is there a difference between shoes with carbon plates and carbon rods hmm is one more stable than the other? And can you do more sessions in one than the other? Okay, I heard, only heard uh, hands up of carbon rods for the first time a couple of weeks ago when we did our running channel 10K in London. What is a rod compared to just a plate? Well, one is a plate and the other one is, is like a rod. <laughs> so, so. I'm just going to run the other way home from Christmas. <laughs> So no, the, the, back to work. The, the, oh, that's the kind of factual information people are looking for. Yeah, that's for. what we're looking for. Really just dive, dive into the crux of the matter. So, so the carbon plate sits between layers of foam um, and, and, it's, and it runs the full, actually that's not true. Some of them it's only part, part of the, the foot, but most cases it runs from heel to toe, uh, sandwiched between layers of foam. Yeah. Um, whereas a, the carbon rod system, which I'm, I don't know whether, how many brands use this system. I know that Adidas use it. So um and I don't know whether they did it in a direct response to the fact that when Super Shoes kicked off originally, mm. 
uh, Nike would have had the patent for their shape and curvature and type of carbon plate. So they don't know whether Adidas went, they were like, right, we, we need to not infringe on this. Um, so we're going to do rods or whether they thought that was genuinely the best route forward. But either way, uh, that's that's their route. And so instead of having one single plate that runs the length, they have a series of rods that are of different, I don't, I don't know, different thicknesses, different stiffnesses. Okay. But they're, they're trying to do the same thing, which is add stiffness to a foam that is her- inherently very soft and bouncy. To mm-hmm. propel you forward. Yes, so exactly. they both do the same thing. But yeah. Do we know if one's better than the other? I don't think it's necessarily better than the other in terms mm. of uh, Jessica asked, can you do more sessions in one or the other? I think what actually will determine the amount of sessions is that I find is the outsole of the shoe. Like that will determine its kind of lifespan. Whereas the carbon plate, they'll be really similar. Essentially, every brand has done it slightly differently in order to get the fastest shoe. In fact- And because they're not allowed to copy each other's curvature of the- Yeah, and they'll all be like slightly different- patented we're now seeing like illegal shoes where the stack height's even higher we're probably going to start seeing shoes where carbon plates are becoming illegal because you're only allowed one plate currently per shoe Mm. so we might now start to see high stack height illegal shoes that can't be used in competition that might have like one two three plates it's coming isn't it 11 it is coming that's actually interesting though you're only allowed one carbon plate but then you're allowed multiple rods yeah, I think that. The, but I think, it, I guess it's the layering. You it's going to be the amount of carbon. There's going to be a limit on the amount of carbon in a shoe, isn't there? Well, yeah, but I then think that's the way we'll go to, yeah. If you're a size three, you need less carbon than if you're a size 10. That's, that is a good point. Yeah, uh, just to, to finalise the, the answer to the question, one is the durability. Sarah's right. Like the, the, the durability of the, will be more effective by the, the foam compound and by the amount of rubber outsole on the bottom. Often the more extreme, really expensive shoes have very little grip and rubber on the bottom in order to save weight. So they're possibly going to be the least durable mm. because they're set up for real performance. So actually sometimes if you come down the price points a little bit within each brand, you'll get a shoe which is designed for racing and training, has more of a, more grip, more outsole on it, and also might have a slightly more durable foam used um, because people expect to get kind of better value at that, that in that part of the kind of the market. And I, then, uh, but so that's, that, that's probably what I would say. Yeah. And then stability wise, you just, it's really personal depending on, like if someone's got a really narrow foot and buys a really wide super shoe, then it's not going to feel very stable for them. Similarly, if you've got a wide foot and buy a narrow super shoe. So you need to find the one that, that feels see. right for you. When okay, that makes a lot of sense because I've just realized why when that recent world record was broken and she said at the end when she broke it that, you know, they're basically one-time use shoes because yes. there was such little grip on the bottom, which means you just have to chuck them because, and then you've got the environmental issue mm-hmm. of yeah. chucking shoes for every race. So like Andy says, you go down the price point and you find somewhere in between. Yeah. yeah, like usually what people would describe as like your tempo shoe, you yeah. can get like a carbon, it's still got a carbon plate in it, but your outsole's better. I yeah. also find that they're more supportive at the top because the manufacturer hasn't tried to shave as much weight. So you've got more like... Yeah, your, your foot's your more foot. locked in, isn't it? Because in the, yeah. in the, the upper's a bit more substantial. There we go. Paul from Aberdeen. For a runner of my pace, a 44 minute, 10 kilometer, the threshold and tempo training paces are quite close. Four minutes, 31 a kilometer and four minutes, 44 a kilometer. When I complete a session, I find it very difficult to keep the exact pace required and often find a tempo session was a really a threshold session. Is this a significant issue? Do you have any advice on keeping to exact paces? Do my threshold and tempo paces seem about right? And could you differentiate the different goals for a tempo and a threshold session? I think that last question basically sums it all up. Sarah's got her hand up. She wants to go. This is 
I've forgotten because it's been so long since I've written this script, but one of them is... I think that was, yeah, what on earth is is lactate threshold. Oh, aha. A threshold... <laughs> so testing of memory. It's like an exam. A threshold pace is what you can sustain for like up to an hour. So your threshold session is probably going to be like around 45 minutes. Then a tempo session is slightly slower. So you often find that in marathon training because you can hold it for slightly longer. That's correct. Yeah, I, th I, th I think an hour at a threshold will be hard. Okay. Uh, but yeah, bit, bit but, less. but no. But you're right. Like the tempo is slightly slower than threshold. So um, threshold, you're you're almost running up to the point where you would start tipping over from aerobic into anaerobic, mm -hmm. but you just just below it. So you're staying aerobic. The main point of both sessions is to stay as a like fully aerobic and and not go into like interval session territory where you can't clear out the lactate that accumulates in your body quick enough, and so it builds up. There's not a massive difference, I suppose, in the goal of each. They're just one's faster than the other. And so they'll have slightly different, it's quite a hard one to answer, but you need to run a bit further in a tempo effort than you do in a threshold effort because it's slightly slower. So that's like, that's a key distinction. I wouldn't worry about them being so close together because ultimately he said uh, 4.31 and 4.44. So it's almost 15 seconds. Yeah. It doesn't sound like loads, but then over a half marathon, that's five that's minutes. That's a lot. Yeah. So that is that is quite a bit like if you said to someone, Oh, we're gonna run five minutes faster than your half marathon PB, like, I can't point. do that. That's a lot. So the quicker that you go, the smaller the, the window between different paces becomes and therefore it feels like it's harder to hit those paces exactly. Do you think it's better then to just think of them as like as long as you keep the threshold run shorter, if that is your intention, mm -hmm. than if you're doing a tempo run, make it slightly longer and yeah. then you'll gradually dial into those paces a bit more yeah yeah so exactly that and then i think that's the key is practicing the paces and most people don't have this luxury but as a pro i would have had to, i would have had a very specific route i used my threshold and deliberately it was very flat so it's completely in my control the pacing and so like you could start by doing threshold or tempo intervals on a track so that you really do dial into it because yes it's only 15 seconds per kilometer difference but that ends up being what six seconds per 400 meters which at this pace is quite a lot yeah mm. um so or you, if you have access to a treadmill i know a lot of people who do it on a treadmill because then you don't have to worry about the pace and you can start to learn it yeah that could be a good way as well i think i think you just you just need to bear in, bear in mind the transition when you eventually run outside it'll feel totally different yeah yeah good question though Paul. really love good that. question well you know what there's just a few days to go, Andy. On behalf of me and Sarah, good luck. Thank good you very luck. Much. You've yeah. got this. But Enjoy before it. we go, Sarah's got a favour to ask. Yes, I have has. got a favour to ask. In celebration of the fact that Andy's about to run his first marathon, I would like you to send this to one person so that we can get as many people to cheer Andy on as possible. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop a comment below saying good luck. If you are listening to this, pop it in your WhatsApp group and share the love that Andy is running his first marathon. And good luck, you've got it. Thank you, this is changing my life, but we're trying to change people's lives through running. Hopefully that doesn't sound too trite, but that's what we're trying to do with the running channel. So yeah, if, if we can reach as good many work. people as possible, let's do it. Bye. And we'll see you next time. This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.